Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville podcast. Founded in 2007, UUFM is a gathering place for people who embrace a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are located in the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley wine country. Please visit us on the web at macuuf.org, M-A-C-U-U-F dot org, And if you are ever in or near the McMinnville area, don't hesitate to stop by and visit us. UUFM gathers in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning. I am the Reverend Margo Reinhardt, and I have been the minister at the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville since July. It is wonderful to be here with all of you this morning. And even though we're on Zoom, I'm holding you in my heart. My reading this morning is from the Reverend Audette Fulbright Paulson. We gather once again to rejoice in the light offered to the world by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. whose walk on this earth was a gift to generations And today we give thanks for that gift. We know that we are called together today, not simply to rejoice and be glad that such a man was with us for a time, but rather to heed the calls made to us. The same calls that reverberate now as they did when he was alive. The same that calls you You have made time and time again in a voice of justice that calls us throughout the ages. We are called to hear the same word of truth that Dr. King spoke, that the hungry and the poor are still with us. It is not enough to march and remember. The work we are called to do is to feed the hungry children and to wipe the tears from our siblings' eyes. It's not enough to sing a joyful song. We must also build the houses that will give shelter to every adult and child and allow them security and dignity. In a world where our families are knit ever more tightly together, ideas of color and race We know that tyranny and fear and hatred still exist, even in our own hearts. We know that racism lurks like a viper. As we gather again to renew our promise to one another that we will be vigilant, we will be warriors and peacemakers of a new world, a world that is always dawning. And she says, amen, or so be it. Tomorrow is the observance of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Although virtual, there are still going to be interfaith breakfasts, gatherings, celebrations, many ways to celebrate and memorialize. And on social media, people will share memorable quotes and videos from his speeches. He will be honored as one of the world's greatest civil rights leaders. 
But this year, what is different goes far beyond the surreal experience we are having inside a pandemic. Rather, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday falls 10 days after insurrection against our nation's lawmakers and democracy, and two days before the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. Let us pause today to reflect on Dr. King's message and determine what personal pledge we will make to the cause. Which as Unitarian Universalists, our faith calls us to do. Just a few days ago, our current president whipped up his hardcore white supremacist followers into committing a seditious act of conspiracy against our democracy, against our federal lawmakers. First, he continued distorting and disfiguring election results. Then he asked his followers to march to the Capitol and stop Congress from stealing an election from him. The delivery of his message and acts that followed made racism and white supremacy in our country visible to everyone there on the Capitol steps. The takeover of the Capitol building was violent, destructive, and an even deadly act. A noose was displayed. A Confederate flag was brought into the Capitol building for the first time in our history. A Confederate flag, which stands for the idea that one can own another person. The mob brought guns and sledgehammers and zip tie cuffs, pipe bombs, Five people lost their lives. Hundreds of people were physically at risk and millions of people lost their sense of safety. In light of these events, Dr. King's message is as timely as ever. The people laying siege to the Capitol believe they own this country, they own the Capitol and the police work for them. And there is truth in the words of the anti-racist activists that I've heard over the weeks, that had this been a rally of Black Lives Matter, marching toward the Capitol steps or going inside, they would have been shackled, arrested, or dead. So let us pause and connect with Dr. King's words this morning that had his words actually been realized may have prevented what happened in our nation. And let's first think about that while King is remembered with great inner inspiration now, he this was not always so, and especially not at the end of his message. Unitarian Universalist minister, Reverend Asha Asano reminds us that by the time King was assassinated, he had a 75% disapproval rate. And I'll give you a contrast for that. Currently, he has a 90% approval rate. So 75% disapproval after the successes of the Montgomery bus boycott, ending segregation on Montgomery's public buses and the Selma marches of 1965, leading to the passage of the Voting Rights Act. 
and the 1963 rally of his I Have a Dream speech that was one of the largest political rallies for human rights in United States history. But over time, Black civil rights leadership started trashing him publicly and the white establishment was rejecting him. For several years leading up to his assassination, Dr. King had turned to focus on poverty and militarism. And he brought a spotlight to what we now refer to as intersectionality. And that's the crossroads. Intersectionality can be the crossroads of many things, but he was talking about the crossroads of racism and poverty. So not just to focus on voting rights, but to access basic financial support, to access employment and to access education. He understood that racism was deeply entwined with institutions which control and impact opportunities, especially for people of color. He called racism, economic ex exploitation and militarism. Those were he called the three evils. Speaking during the Vietnam War, Dr. King explains, somehow these three evils are tied together. The triple evils of racism, economic exploitation and militarism. The great problem and great challenge facing mankind today is to get rid of war. We have left ourselves as a nation morally and politically isolated in the world. We have greatly strengthened the forces of reaction in America and excited and violence and hatred among our own people. We have diverted attention from civil rights. During a period of war, when a nation becomes obsessed with the guns of war, social programs inevitably suffer. People become insensitive to pain and agony in their own midst. During that time, King talked about the transition in the civil rights movement and moving into a new phase of the struggle that is beyond ending legal segregation. In King's words, the new phase is a struggle for genuine equality. It is not merely a struggle. You see the gains in the first period or the first era of the struggle were obtained from the power structure at bargain rates. It didn't cost the nation anything to integrate lunch counters. It didn't cost the nation anything to integrate hotels and motels. It didn't cost the nation a penny to guarantee the right to vote. But now, goes on King, we are in a period where it will cost the nation billions of dollars to get rid of poverty, to get rid of slums, to make quality education a reality. This is where we are now. In those words, King highlighted that funds wasted in fighting a war in Southeast Asia took the funds from people in our own country. He was also well aware of the cruel irony and in his words, sending young black men 8,000 miles to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia 
which they do not enjoy in Southwest Georgia or East Harlem. Know that in that time, King's effort through the Poor People's Campaign, know that those efforts are still with us. The Reverend Dr. William Barber has picked up the call. He now leads the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. I will pause to mention that I, have, I sign up for their email list. And so every week I receive an email. It's the first thing I read of political nature out of my box because I find it inspirational and I find it hands-on. It links you to seminars. It tells you how to approach your legislators. The speeches are inspirational, they're practical. They tell you how to talk to your neighbor. It's my challenge to you that you sign up for that list this week and spend a few months with it. You can always unsubscribe. The Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. It now lists five evils. Systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, militarism and the war economy, and the distorted narrative of religious nationalism. So whether we view ourselves as directly impacted by the five evils, our Unitarian Universalist seven principles call us to act, to uphold the worth and dignity, and to use compassion and equity and the democratic process. As some of you know, we are um, offering a book club um, with Valerie Carr in her uh, book, See No Stranger. And she talks about this vision of King and yet she makes it broader, she makes it worldwide. She says the greatest social reformers in history did not only resist oppressors, they held up a vision of what the world ought to be. Nanak sang it, Muhammad led it, Jesus taught it, Buddha envisioned, Martin Luther King dreamed it, Dorothy Day labored for it, Mandela lived it, Gandhi died for it, Grace Lee Boggs fought for it for seven decades. They called for us not only to unseat bad actors, but to reimagine the institutions of power that order the world. Take any crisis and notice its antecedents. In the United States, some of the same detention camps that hold migrant children today once held Japanese Americans and before that, indigenous people. The criminal justice system controls more black people today that were enslaved in the year 1850. And the military industrial complex that President Eisenhower warned about in the 1950s has run a war on terror for so long 
that this distant war has become a normal feature of our American life. Any social harm can be traced to institutions that produce it, authorize it, or otherwise profit from it. To undo the injustice, we have to imagine new institutions and step in to lead them. That is Valerie Carr echoing the same thoughts as Martin Luther King. I also take heart, even though we are in this very difficult time of excessive policing, suppression of voting rights, and the list goes on. We struggle for quality education, employment opportunity. And as Trump and his hardcore supporters willfully incited violence against the government of the United States of America, we need to still uphold the truths of democracy. And I take heart because the electoral college votes were certified. They legitimized our incoming president. I take heart that Kamala Harris is the first black woman in our nation to hold the office of vice president. And I am energized that Georgia elected its first African-American Senator and its first Jewish Senator. The road is long. The road that Dr. King walked was long, but we are still moving in the right direction. To prepare us for our silent meditation, I have a prayer by Kathleen Rowlands. She says, spirit of justice, who befriends those who stand upon the constant edges of decision alone. We are grateful to be together this morning to remember Martin Luther King Jr. But not only for him, for there were thousands of unnamed women and men who put their bodies and lives on the line so that all could be free. And yet freedom always comes at a cost. We know that racism, homophobia, ageism, ableism, sexism, classism, all of often unacknowledged realities prevent us from fully knowing one another and from creating beloved community. This is spoken by the prophets and ordinary people alike. May we continue to speak out about injustice, to speak even if we are afraid our words won't be heard or welcomed. May the spirit of Dr. King continue to flow through our daily living. May we have the courage of Dr. King as we continue to stand up for justice, reconciliation, and truth, despite challenge and controversy. Dr. King went to the mountaintop and there he saw the promised land and he reassured us we will be there someday. 
May that be no paradisal dream, but a reality in our own time. Amen. <laughs>